Hey everybody, welcome to Here's the Deal with Rick Countryman. Uh, it's Wednesday, September 22nd, and it is straight up 12 noon. And I know a lot of you watch this live on the broadcast, and if you are, welcome. Some of you watch the broadcast sometime later, in fact, that's when a lot of you will watch this. And then there's a whole bunch of you that have actually downloaded the podcast, and uh, which means you're not hearing this live. You, we, we record this on Wednesday, and usually on Thursday, we will have this uploaded to the podcast. But I'm just really grateful that you're um, joining me today. Again, uh, my name is Rick Countryman. I'm a pastor here at a church in Modesto, California. The reason why I say that is uh, there's a whole bunch of you who literally don't live in Modesto. You don't even live in the state. You, you live all over the United States. Somehow you heard about the broadcast, you heard about the podcast, and you're tuning in, and you really don't know a lot about me and who I am or why I do this. And so I'm a pastor at a church in Modesto, California. Been at the same church for about 40 years. And um, I was just kind of encouraged to do this. Um, just something that I do, you know, they're about 15 minutes long. And I hope and I pray that it's an encouragement uh, to you. That's all I want this to be is... It's, it's just a moment where we look at the scriptures and hopefully I'm an encouragement to you. Um, I get a lot of you asking me questions. Uh, uh, in fact, a bunch of you will email me, you'll text me, you'll see me at church or whatever. And I can't get to most of the questions, but I sure like you know hearing maybe what's on your heart. And I really love the encouragement. In fact, today... I was filling up my, my car with gas, I was putting gas in my car, right? And at a pump on the other side, there's a guy there putting gas in his car and he goes, hey, you gotta get home pretty quick. And I, I didn't know him, I had no clue who he was. I said, yeah, you know, I really didn't know what he said. He goes, hey, my wife and I always watch your, your broadcast. And he told me the church he went to here in town, he goes to, uh, uh, Covenant Grove, and I said, oh, yeah, 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 it was about 10, he was joking, but I, I just, those kinds of things really are encouraging uh, to me. So once again, thank you for tuning in and uh, listening or watching or whatever it is. So today I want to take, you know, my time, my 10 minutes, and I want to talk about the, the, the church, um, some of the things I've been thinking about as it relates to the church. And I'm going to read something that our brother Peter wrote. He wrote it to a whole bunch of people in the church. He wrote it to the called out ones, the ecclesia. And before I, I read it, though, I kind of want to set something up. Jesus told his followers in Matthew chapter 10, he said, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Wow. The... the uh, our Lord has given us some pretty good data there. Hey, as one of my followers, 
I want you to go. I want you to, you know, mix it up with your neighbors. I want you to mix it up with those at work. I want you to go and do life out there in the world. But just realize you're, you're like a sheep amongst wolves. And then in verse 22, he says, all men will hate you because of me. Wow. Well, if there was ever a reason, you know, to become a follower of Jesus, that's it, right? I mean, he's going to send us out like sheep amongst wolves and everybody's going to hate us. But, but Jesus was never, he was never timid or shy about telling us what it's going to cost us to be a follower of his. In John chapter 15, Jesus says this, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. That is why the world hates you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, Jesus says, they're going to persecute you. Once again, that's uh, some weighty information that Jesus gives us about being a follower of, of his. Paul weighed in with these words in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He said, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Everybody, if you want to live a God-honoring life, if you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you make the choice to live out, you know, what's written between these two leather-bound covers, if you will, the Bible, wow, you're just going to get persecuted, okay? So, my point in all this is that being a Christian in this world is, is a dangerous thing. It's, it's going to cost you something to follow Jesus, right? It's not easy being a Christian. It's not easy being a follower of Jesus. Okay, there, There's lots of hostility out there in the world towards believers. And with that said, we as Christians need a safe place. We, 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 we need a place where we can go hang out with others who are in the same boat as we are, right? And this place is called the church. The church is a gathering of people who are Christ followers. The church is a, a gathering of people who have surrendered their lives over to Jesus Christ. They, they've repented of their sins and, and they're denying themselves. They've taken up their cross and now they're following Jesus. That's what the church is. Now, we recognize that on a weekend, when the church gathers, oftentimes, especially in a church like ours, a church that I pastor at, we always have people who aren't Christians there. And we're thankful. We're super thankful that we have people who come to our church who are not believers. But the overwhelming majority are. When I show up at church on Sunday, I'm looking around and I'm seeing all kinds of men and women, different colors of skin, different ages, stages of life. And I know the one thing we all have in common is, is that we're believers. 
And I also know what Jesus said about believers, that it's not going to be easy. They're, they persecuted Jesus. They're going to persecute you. People are going to hate you because of me. And so when we gather together, man, the church is a safe place, or at least it should be a safe place. And Peter, and I'm going to read this, Peter in 1 Peter chapter 3 kind of gives us a little taste of what the church is to be. He says this, Finally, all of you, talking about the church family, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessings. Because to do this is what you're called to do. And, and, I, and, I, and I thought about this. And he mentions about six things here. And just real quickly, I want you to know, these are six things that ought to be true of every church. If you're moving, and we've had a lot of people leave our church because they've moved out of state, maybe because of a job. Some are just getting out of the state of California. But we've had a lot of people who have moved and left. And one of the things they always ask is, hey... You know, what kind of church are we supposed to look for? What are the signs of a good, healthy church? And, and there are a lot of things I could talk about. But I, I think Peter mentions six things right here that we ought to look for. Or you ought to look for. And, and that is when the church gathers together, whether it be on the weekend, maybe it's a men's ministry or a women's ministry, maybe it's Celebrate Recovery, uh, maybe it's the youth ministries. I don't know what ministry it is, but when it gathers, I think these six things just ought to stick out like a sore thumb, and I'm going to go through them pretty quickly. And the first one is this, is that the, the church should be a place where people live in harmony with one another, okay? In other words, they have a common mindset. We don't all have the same gifts. We don't all have the same talent, talents. We don't all have the same taste. We wear different clothes. Our, some people's hair is long. Some people's hair is short. Some people have earrings. Some people have tattoos. Some are wearing all kinds of jewelry. Some are, you know, they, they, we're just all different. But we all have the same mindset. And our minds are on the Lord. And when your mind is on the Lord, it brings incredible harmony. Now I want you to think about all the things that we have in common, though. We have the Father in common. Everybody who's in church. When you go to church this Sunday, wherever that is, everybody in that room has the Father in common. We all have Jesus Christ, the, the Son, in common. We all have the Holy Spirit in common. We all have salvation in common. We all have heaven waiting for us in heaven in common. We all have His Word in common. We all have His church in common. We all have an enemy in common. We all have sin in common. We all have suffering in common. Look, we don't have to agree on everything, right? But man, there are so many things that all of us have in common. And that's, 
that's where this idea of, you know what, we're to live in harmony with one another. I love what the psalmist says in Psalms 133. He says how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. And I think it is a beautiful thing. And so the church, there ought to be great harmony amongst the people. Number two, the church should be a place where people are sympathetic with one another. And the word sympathetic simply means to suffer together. Let me remind you what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, No temptation has seized you except which is common to man. You see, temptations are, are common. Failing is common. Trials are common. Suffering is common. Hopelessness is common. Burdens are common. And nobody should go through all of these things alone. And I think that's why Paul says, listen, I want you to live in harmony with one another, but I want you to be sympathetic with one another because everybody's going through all of these different things. So you see, the, the church needs to be, a, be, be sensitive to people's losses, to, 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 to their sufferings, to their trials, to their failings, to their burdens, or whatever they might be. I love what Paul says in Romans 12. He says, rejoice with those who rejoice but also mourn with those who mourn. So number one, the church needs to, you know, man, the church just needs to be a place of great harmony, but number two, it needs to be a place of great sympathy, right, when we gather. Number three, the church should be a place where people love one another. Okay, I love what Jesus says in John 13, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you love one another. It's love. It's our love for one another. Yes, we're living in harmony together. Yes, we're sympathizing with each other. But there's just great love in the room when we're together. Jesus didn't say, it's, you know, people are going to know you're one of my believers if you wear, you know, you know, religious jewelry. He didn't say that. He didn't say, hey, people will know you're one of my disciples if you, you know, put a sticker on your car, a fish sticker on your car. He didn't say that. Hey, they'll know you're one of my followers if you have a big old huge Bible you carry around with you. He didn't say that. The one, the greatest characteristic of somebody who's a follower of Jesus Christ is our love that we have for one another. And so we've got to live in harmony together. Find a place. Your church needs to be a place of harmony. It needs to be a place where, where man, people are just sympathetic to each other's you know, lives and the things that are going on. And it's a place of great love. Uh, number four, the church should be a place where people are compassionate with one another. This is another thing that Peter writes about in 1 Peter chapter 3. And, and I love what Paul says in Ephesians 4. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Why? Just as Christ forgave you. And so the church ought to be a place where there's great compassion. Number five, the church should be a place where where people humble themselves, you know, before one another. In other words, there's no place when the church gathers for arrogance. It's, it's a humble place. It's a compassionate place. It's a place of great love. It's a sympathetic place. It's a place of great harmony. And I'm going to give you the last one real, real, real quick, okay, because I'm running out of time. The church should be a place where people are a blessing to one another. And in our text, 
in First Peter, Peter says, "Do not repay evil for evil or insult with insult." Man, the 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 church obviously revolves around the Word of God. That's the first thing you got to look for, right? Make sure the church is teaching the Word of God. But then I think you can take these six things that Peter talks about and go, you know what? Am I seeing this in my church? Is this a church where there's great harmony? Is, there, is this a church where people are sympathetic to one another? Is, is this a church where there's love, where there's compassion? Do, are, are, do the people humble themselves before each other? Is, is that the kind of church this is? Is this, is this the kind of church where there's just people are just a blessing to one another? Look, I don't always do all these things right, okay? And, and probably either do you. But man, if it, just, just imagine. Imagine if we were living in harmony, we were sympathetic with one another, we loved one another, we were compassionate with one another, we humbled ourselves before one another, we were a blessing to one another. Man, the, there, we couldn't build big enough churches. People would flock to churches if that was the kind of environment that they were coming to. And I just want to challenge you. I don't know what your church is like. These things I just rattled off, I think are, 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 that reminds me of my church, Big Valley, without a doubt. Do we, do we have seasons where maybe it's not as great as others? Is there always one or two or six individuals that may not be pulling this off? Probably. But as a pattern, I see these six things in, in my church. Do you see them in your church? And if you don't, let me tell you something. Why don't you look at your own life? And don't pray, God, change my church. Just say, God, change me. Let me be a person who, who lives out these six things in a greater way. That the church, in the midst of all of the craziness that's going on, could be a safe place, a place where Christians can gather, followers of Jesus can gather, and maybe, and, you know, you know, just do life together. Okay. Hey, listen. Thanks for tuning in. I will see you next Wednesday. Okay? Make sure you hit share. Tell your friends about this uh, this broadcast or podcast. Okay. See ya.